0: Hello everyone, welcome to Preacher's Corner. My name is Naledi and I am super excited to be recording my first ever podcast episode on Preacher's Corner. This was this podcast was previously known as um, Newly Engaged, but because of a, a whole long story for another day, it's now currently known as Preacher's Corner. Um, just a little bit about myself my name is Naledi I think I've said that but yeah I'm a student still currently a student I'm 22 years old and um, yeah that's pretty much it but anyway um, I hope that you guys are really ready to learn um, really ready to share the word of God with each other we are ready to just educate ourselves in the things you know and to just throw ourselves deep down into the things of god you know um i'm also ready to learn and to hear from you guys you know you can never learn enough that's my my motto my motto yeah you can never know enough you can never learn enough and all those things but yes um god has given me a very controversial topic and I think it is the biggest elephant in any Christian room because it's something that is not taught as much. Or maybe I'm the one who's not exposed to the teachings of this particular topic, you know. But it it's such a huge role because I feel like we've come to a place where we have conformed when it comes to this particular topic. Well, uh. This topic, <laughs> I'm beating around the bush because I'm quite nervous because you just never know, you know, but I'm ready for it all. Whatever happens is for the kingdom of Christ. And my message today is actually called The Elephant in the Room. And today, our elephant in the room is sexual immorality in the church. Um, God has given me a focus of, you know, um, people my age or even younger than that and I feel that we all make the same mistake in some or other way simply because we don't have the proper foundation you know nobody sits us down and tells us and teaches us about sex the God way you know nobody really well let me speak for myself nobody sat me down and said Listen, this is what sex is. On top of that, this is what God intended for sex to be. And I think it's, we, we don't know the reason that God created sex. And because we don't know, we just treat it like any other thing, like breathing, you know. We don't know why we breathe, we just do. We don't know how we breathe, you just do it because it's something that you're familiar with. You understand what I'm saying? So, um... That is our elephant in the, in the Christian room, I can say. Um, it's a topic that people just tell you don't have sex, but they don't tell you why you shouldn't have sex. And then, the for me, I think, I've, I've heard a person say that we shouldn't have sex because one, um, you'll go to hell, <laughs> and two, you, it, it, it draws you away from God, which is not a lie, but why was sex created? Why shouldn't we have premarital sex? And I just want to read out of you know it's a pretty famous scripture I think, First um, Corinthians chapter five, where Paul was addressing sexual immorality in the church in Corinth, and I've been studying the 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 the, the book of Corinth Corinthians <laughs> Corinthians for quite some time and you get to realize that in one way or another the church in Corinth is pretty present in the world that we live in today you know so many sexual immorality is happening um, um, is happening in our homes in our lives in the spaces that we are in you know and we don't really nobody really talks about it it's come to a point where It's fine for you to be a Christian and call yourself living for God and call yourself being down for God, 10 toes down. But at the end of the day, when it comes to sex, it's pretty normal, you know. Um, You can have sex today and then wake up tomorrow and serve in church and do this and do this and do this, which is, I'm glad that you're waking up to serve, firstly of all. But secondly, living for Christ is does not have um levels you know it's either you do or you don't that's it and that's the thing people are trying to create a middle ground where you are half christian and you are half carnal um i say carnal because you know of the world you understand so that's why i'm saying that um it's either you're in or you're out as the bible says pretty much that you cannot be lukewarm. But Christians live, we as Christians, we live in this middle ground that we we um that we have created. Um, I think more than anything, it's also a a, a thing that I fell into myself. Um, my I just came out of a three and a half year relationship and Let me tell you that it's one of the best relationships I've ever been in. And I was convinced. I I think I still am convinced that this is the person that I'm meant to spend my life with. But there had to come a point where God intervenes because we were so deep in sexual immorality. You know, we were having sex, but still um, being able to go out there and, 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 half-heartedly serve God. You know what I'm saying? So they came a point where it's a long story for another day, but all I can say is that God intervened and literally stopped the whole relationship. And by stopping the relationship, I mean that we sat down and, and debilitated on why we should stay together. And we couldn't find reasons as to why to stay together because God had reached out to us in such an extraordinary way and showed us that the more you stay together the more you are going to hurt each other in the sense of hurting our 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 spiritual selves you know that's what that's my next point that sex is more than just a physical act sex is a spiritual thing so we come to the point where we now ask what is sex and the, the, the conclusion, the definition that the Holy Spirit gave to me is that sex is an activity between a man and a woman who are in holy matrimony. To elaborate further, I'm saying that sex is the beginning of a whole new generation. Sex is the beginning of a new covenant with God, which is why um, I've I've asked around and pregnant women say that when their water breaks or when a child is born, blood comes out as well as a, a certain kind of liquid comes out. And I think it's the same thing that happens as well when you break your virginity. You know, and in that sense, sex is giving birth to a whole new generation. It is giving birth to a new covenant in your marital bed. You are giving birth to a line, a spiritual line of people. First of all, you know, spirits if i can say that way not like evil spirits or whatever but spiritual beings you are giving birth through your covenant to spiritual beings and your covenant the reason we say that sex must only be in marriage is because it 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 a young child a baby who is just born is pure this baby is not carrying anything is not sick is not whatever it is a pure baby in that same sense when you have sex with your husband on your marital bed for the first time you are giving birth to a pure line of things and so now we use sex as just something to make the physical body feel better but we don't understand that now we are carrying a certain burden Or let me not say burden. I'm going to say that we are carrying spiritual sicknesses. And in that sense, then it is the reason why when you have had sex, premarital sex, and then you're going to have sex with your husband, nothing new happens. Nothing new happens because you've already entered that covenant premaritarily, if that's even a word. (laughs) but uh, sex is not just the physical act like i said earlier it is a spiritual act and the thing with sex is that it is the i i can say that it's the most beautiful thing that you can that that can happen between a married man and a married woman because it's like now you're learning new things and you're experiencing new things together you understand and you are you are forming a whole generation of people you know um of of spiritual beings without any spiritual sicknesses your spiritual sicknesses are your generational curses people cannot break down generational curses if there is no purity that happens that takes place if there's no purity you understand um for example let me make my uh, an example with me my grandmother my mother's mother she had two kids out of wedlock and then her third born my aunt was inside of marriage now my mother she carried the generational curse into her into into her life. Um, my mother was pregnant by the time she got married to my father with my elder sister, and she had already entered. She you know like she she carried the sickness, the spiritual sickness that her mother carried over to her, and she had her first child. She conceived her first child, even though my my sister was born inside the marriage, but she was already conceived. My my mother was probably like six, seven months before she got married, you know, pregnant. And then now my sister also carried that um, spiritual sickness, that disease. And she had my nephew out of wedlock and then only got married, you know, that is something that I'm not trying to do, you understand? <laughs> and God God knew that. God knew my heart from the very beginning that this is not what this girl wants. But it happened that I got into a relationship and only now that I realized that when I started having sex with this guy, um the the, the guy that I just that we just broke up with, um when I I had sex as a a form of paying him or showing him that I appreciate him. Because I didn't have nothing. Like, I was still a a student, and I still currently am. And he was already working, you know. But he showed me so much love, so much attention. He was just so gentle with me, you know, teaching... He he was what I thought I needed because there are certain things that I did not get from my parents or my family as a whole, as a child, that they weren't there. So this guy, he came in to fill all those um, things that I needed from my parents, you know. And not to say that my parents are bad people, but you cannot give what you don't have. And this guy, he came... And he gave me all those things. And I use sex as a form of payback or a form of appreciation to show appreciation. You understand? So already my idea of sex was already distorted. You understand? And that's what the enemy does. You know, the enemy has no original idea. Instead, he takes every concept. And every idea and everything that God creates and He distorts it. And by distorting it, then we 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 fail to see the purity of what God has created. You get it? So it's like um for example, my introduction to sex wasn't in the relationship. I got introduced to sex by my elder cousin. We were having my. I remember my parents were gone and he, he, his parents were gone, and because we're all family, they they went. Our parents went to a funeral, and we stayed behind at my house. And it was me and my my two cousins and my brother and yeah. I think it was just the four of us because we all used to love hanging out together, you know, and. I got introduced to sex through pornography. You can understand the horrendous things that go on in pornography. You know, and that shaped my view of sex until a point where God started speaking to me about it, you know, which was literally this year. But before then, I thought... I had a very distorted image of what sex is. And if we can teach the upcoming kids, you know, maybe kids in high school or from primary or whenever you feel comfortable teaching your little brother or sister or little cousin or whatever about sex, ask God for the revelation of what sex is so that you can understand, so that the first thing, the the, the first idea of sex that they are exposed to is what sex really is the purity of sex, the purity of sex, you know? So, in that way, even if God forbid that their images are distorted, they will always be able to come back to the truth of what sex is, and sex is pure, and sex is a covenant, and sex is the beginning of a generational line that we are not aware of on top of that um, we can talk a lot about you know spiritual and soul ties and all those things which is true however I I, I hardly like discussing our uh, soul ties because a lot of people they come and ask about soul ties and then I tell people that you can break soul ties. But your thing is that now you want to sleep with this girl or this guy and then you're going to break the soul tie and then you sleep with that guy or that girl and then you go break the soul tie. So that is not conducive. It's not productive. It's not doing anything for you. More than anything you are misusing grace and at the end of the day, repentance is turning from something forever. You know, So It also comes to having to renew your mind daily. Renewing your mind means um, understanding the purity of the concepts that God has created. On top of that, I can say that marriage is a ministry. People get married for all the wrong reasons. And marriage is a ministry that God calls us into. And a ministry is not meant to be tainted By anything. You know. And so now. If you are called into a ministry. But in this ministry. Your view of sex is different. Or your view of marriage as a whole. Is distorted. Then you are. Basically crapping. Or basically changing. The view of marriage. Of the ministry. You know. And that's why I keep saying that people don't really understand how serious marriage is, how serious sex is. For me, if I knew what I know now, I would have, I promise you, I would have never had sex, but it is because of going through that process that I can stand here today and say all these things because I went through it. You know, and I I found that it's so much easier for people to relate to other people, knowing that we've all been in the same boat. But that's not normal. You know, it it's not normal. Why can't you be able to look at someone's life and just not do or 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 not do that thing? You know, because I remember someone once said to me that. Sex has the ability to make a good relationship bad, which was what happened in my case, or a bad one look good. I promise you, there are women who are ten toes down for men who treat them like crap and who do all sorts of horrendous things because they got a good Pin game, like a a good a a good sex game, and that so much dysfunction goes on, you know, and we carry these things to our children, and our children they carry it to their children, and so forth. And you could find that maybe with my grandmother, um, my mom's mom. It, it was something that has been happening through maybe 5, 6, 10, 11, 25 generations down. And God is saying that you need to be the one to stop this. You know, especially for women, as we are the people who are the life givers. In, uh, uh, people who, who, who bear children. We are the ones who give birth to the kids. You know, I'm no, I'm, 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 I'm in no way saying that men shouldn't remain pure as well. There's nothing that I hated to hear than a guy telling me that a woman needs to remain a virgin while he can go and screw anything that's walking with two legs. You know, I, I never understood that because at the end of the day, I'm giving you all of me and you are giving me what's left of you. Because so many women they carry your pieces, and as much as if we if, if we want to take it further, the women that the the men that the woman you have slept with have slept with are also carrying parts of you. So tell me, how are you not gay? But anyway, that's a topic for another day. But anyway, I'd ra- I'd love to read um, from Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that now it is actually being said that there is sexual immorality among you so terrible that not even the heathen will be guilty of, of it. I am told that a man is sleeping with his stepmother. How then can you be proud? On the contrary, you should be filled with sadness, and the man who has done such a thing should be expelled in your fellowship. And even then I am far from you in body. I Still I am there with you in this, in spirit. And as though I were there with you, I have... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, already pass judgment on the man who has done this terrible thing. As you meet together and I meet with you in my spirit by the power of our Lord Jesus present with us, you are to hand this man over to Satan for his body to be destroyed so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. It is not right for you to be proud. You know the saying that a little bit of yeast makes the whole batch of dough rise. You must remove the old yeast of sin so that you will be entirely pure. Then you will be like a new batch of dough without the yeast, as indeed I know that you actually are. Um, Going to verse 11 It says that what I meant was that you should not associate with a person who calls himself a believer, but is immoral or greedy or worships idols or is a slanderer or a drunkard or a thief. Don't even sit down to eat with such a person. Which brings me down to the elephant in the room, in the Christian room. I have gone i've 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 been around conversations from Christian men and women having to talk about sex as if it is normal you know um I'm not saying talking about it is 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 what is not moral um normal, but I'm saying that it cannot be that. You call yourself a Christian, but you are still immoral. You know, I've learned that the in in the most difficult way. I think I've through something in in through something that I feel that this has been the most difficult time of of my life. But at the end of the day, it's nothing that I would ever trade. You know, and we we are so familiar with it that. It's okay now to say that or to to stand up in front of people or to, to sing songs of worship in front of people, leading people into worship and whatever. But at the end of the day, you are still sexually immoral. I'm telling you, sex is the one topic, the one thing that Will kill this generation if we do not stand up and raise a standard against the tricks of the enemy. A lot of people are suffering because of sex, because, because of the lack of knowledge that sex comes with. You know, and it, it's sad that we have come to a point where we have given up trying to teach sex in our christian rooms instead we teach about everything but sex and say no we're not supposed to be talking about sex i've, I've said the word sex so many times i need to find a new word for it because i'm getting tired of it but anyway um i was that christian who was able to tell someone god is with you god is praying for people, serving in counseling ministry and still be able to go back home or to go back to my place or whatever and go have sex. Is that even normal? It's, it, it really blows my mind. It blows my mind how we Christians are starting to conform To the world. We are not meant to be like everyone else. We are not meant to conform. And that is it. That's why we have a scripture in this beautiful holy word. That God has given to us. His own word. His own word. It even says in Romans 12 offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is the true worship that you should offer. We 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 think worshiping is singing songs or speaking in tongues only when living right and cherishing your body and not giving yourself to anyone but God we are we are not worshiping. We giving yourself, sacrificing your God, your yourself, your body to God, that is true worship. That is true worship. It says that do not conform yourselves to the standards of the world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and is pleasing to him and is perfect. So at the end of the day, the elephant in the room needs to go. We cannot keep on maneuvering and moving sideways to avoid the elephant in the room we need to get rid of the elephant in the room we need to educate ourselves in the word of God we need to educate ourselves why God intended why God created sex and what he meant for sex to be why God created marriage and why what he meant for marriage to be we we need to talk about these things. We need we need to talk about it. It cannot be that we are still quiet about sexual immorality in the church. People start churches where pastors take advantage of young children sleeping with them or raping them or doing whatever. Deacons and whatever they are called sleeping with that other lady's that other woman's or man's wife or same sex same sex sexual immorality or whatever it is that it's called it's not normal it's what we're familiar with and when you can tell the difference between what you're familiar with and what is normal, then you need to know and get rid of everything that you are familiar with, if it is detrimental to your spiritual walk. I can just imagine how God feels watching us have sex. Premarital sex. Sex is an act of worship. It is a covenant between a husband and a wife. Not just any man or woman. I think that's where people get it wrong. It is a covenant between a, a husband and a wife. So we need to decide. We need to get rid of the elephant in the room. We need to get rid of the elephant in the Christian room. we cannot live like the whole world people are so consumed with sex that we don't understand the suffering that goes on it's not normal for someone to sleep for a little 12 year old to get pregnant that's not what it was supposed to be for a a woman to be a prostitute That is not normal. For a man to have sex with a man. That's not how God intended for it to be. And I know know that this is one topic that I am probably going to get a lot of smoke for. But then let it be. Because if we're going to choose and pick which, which scriptures and which are Bible verses that we live by, then you're not doing it right. It's either you're in or you're out. It's either you are following what God says or you're not. It's either you are 10 toes down for Christ or you are zero, not three, not five, not seven, 10 or zero. And that's it. We need to do better. We cannot have sexual immorality in the church. There is so much of it in the world that we need to pray against because at the end of the day, it is a spirit, it is a demon. We don't understand that when you are masturbating, you're having sex with a demon, a spirit. It's not normal. It is not normal. It is not Christ-like. It is not Christ-like. And that's it. We need... It's either your left or right. In or out. But whatever it is that you choose, you better stick with it. So much sexual immorality in the church of Christ. And mind you, church is not the building. Church is the people. The people are the body of Christ. The body of Christ. So much immorality, sexual immorality. I'm not going to lie. For me, sex almost ruined my life. I am still at a point where I'm picking up the pieces of the damages of what sex did to me because I never had the full idea the full creation I never had the full purpose for sex I never had I never understood what marriage was even though my parents were married my parents lived in this a dysfunctional marriage let me tell you that and it, it it something can look so good on the outside but once you get in the inside and you see how rotten it is that I feel was my family life and by getting inside is is getting in the spirit and seeing the spiritual realm Everything in the spirit needs to be cleared out. You cannot be carrying your spiritual diseases into a whole new a marriage, a covenant, a ministry that you have taken in front of God. You know, I remember we had so many plans with my ex and we even wanted to adopt a baby. And I sit and I realize now that if we were successful in getting married and adopting that baby we would have been ruining that kid's life in the spirit because we come in with so much sexual immorality so much so much distorted ideas of what sex is even my ex he was so deep in the act of immorality that i for some reason i knew that this is the, the this is the person I'm gonna get married to, but for some reason, I knew that what we had was dysfunctional in the spirit. It, I'm I'm not gonna lie. It it was the best relationship that I've been in because it taught me so much about myself, and it was great. This is a person that God has confirmed that you are going to get married to this person. This is your soulmate. This is your best friend. But because we were hanging, we we were in so much sexual immorality, all of that didn't become invalid because of our acts. God doesn't change his mind. And God, what God says, it is so. You understand. But we had to come to a point where we take separate roads because of where we were going together. We were going nowhere and on our separate paths this is where God is literally beating out everything in us that does not belong to him so we had to separate because I was either going to end up pregnant and then I was going to be a statistic in terms of my, fa- my, 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 my family line on my mother's side where we're having kids out of wedlock and that's not the life that I want for my kids now imagine if we adopted that kid, we were bringing that, those spiritual diseases into this kid's life. And she's such a beautiful baby. She's, she's literally my heart. I, I fell in love with her the first time I saw her and I made up my mind and everything in me agreed that that is a baby that I want to adopt. But I didn't realize, I didn't know the dysfunction that I could have brought her into because of sexual immorality. So as I was saying that my ex was someone who, he shared his story on, his, on, on, on a public platform that um, he had always been struggling with masturbation and pornography from the age of 16 or 17 i'm not if i'm not mistaken you know and this is something that he brought into my life and now i was introduced to the act of sex through him you know so the association it really didn't it it really messed everything up I can say, but I'm not blaming him because we are looking at the spiritual realm and not the physical, you know. So I, I don't have time to be angry with him in the physical. I'd rather deal with it in the spirit and dealing with it in the spirit is bringing awareness and to talk about it a, a whole lot and to educate people and to, 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 to save people from it because it is possible to remain celibate. It's possible to honor God with your body, to worship God with your body. It's possible. But we, we have made sex our God. It's an idol it's a it's it's an idol, and it does not work that way. It is not that's why i'm saying i I always advise people do not move in with your boyfriend, don't do that because it's it always leads to sex, whether you try to fool yourself or whatever we need to be real. We need to be real with ourselves. It's not move in, have sex, then get married. It's not have a baby first, have sex, have a baby, then get married. No. You meet with each other. You, 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 you build a relationship with the intention to get married. You get married. You you lose your virginity, or you, you create a new covenant in marriage and that is the way that it's supposed to be. People often sugarcoat or mix up the order or do whatever to make themselves feel better. I'm not saying that you should feel bad or whatever but choose from now on that you're not gonna make the same mistake anymore, that you're gonna You know you're going to do better. You're going to be better. You're going to do it for your kids. Renounce your soul ties. And once you do that, repent. Stay celibate until you get married. And I promise you, I think it's it's going to be the, the most wonderful thing. The most beautiful thing that you've ever done for yourself. I I don't want to say envy, but I wish I had stayed a virgin. But then I would always have the distorted image of sex. So I had to go through it in order to be what I am now. To fully confidently stand in the authority that God has given and to speak out on it. People have sex for the most, I don't know what to call it, but for the most, whatever, for the most silliest of reasons. Where is your self-control? You know, everything is linked, honestly. I never had any self-control and it showed in so many aspects of my life. I, I like I would see my ex boyfriend and it would go down, boy. <laughs> it would go down, and I realized that self control. If if you lack self control in one area of your life, it's gonna show in other areas of your life. Like for me, I'm a person who who loves being fit and staying skinny, but I just don't have the self self control to do that. So I eat whatever you know and do whatever not take care of my body and that's that's not how i'm supposed to be you know um even in the words that i speak i i i had a very loose tongue um in the sense of saying whatever that comes to mind whether it's inappropriate or whether it's uncalled for or whether it's mean i just say it because i don't have the self-control Some things like money money would go out of my hands as soon as i touch it or i get it and it would be finished and i wouldn't be able to tell you what i did with it so we we are required to practice self-control and that is the reason why self-control is one of the fruits of the spirit You know, so the elephant in the room, hopefully it has been addressed in the Christian room. It has been addressed and hopefully we'll be able to speak on it more and actually just get. Because I know a few people that I would like to have on my podcast who have gone through the same thing. And they can tell you literally the same thing that sex changed my life in a negative way. Or it ruined my life in a negative way. So, yes, um, I hope that we can have a part two or whatever. But thank you for tuning into my podcast and share it as much as you can, guys. You know, educate your world, educate yourself. And yeah, see you next time on the next podcast.